Hello, my name is Alex, and today on Stock Stories, we're going to cover another mental model. And this is a mental model about mental models. Say what? Let's check it out. Yes, welcome, welcome. You are now tuned in to the Stock Stories Podcast. My name is Alex and I'm your host. I'm your stock storyteller today. And today won't be a story about stocks. Uh, We do multiple types of episodes on this show. Most of the episodes are indeed stock stories in the very literal sense, as in we go over a company And we talk about it. We talk about the business. We talk about it from the investors or the prospective investors point of view and really uh, try to dive a little deeper than surface level to really understand the business model and if we might consider that opportunity as an investor. But today we're delving into the other side of the show, which is the more philosophical side. We're talking about mental models. And so What are mental models? They are effectively thought experiments, which is what we're going to get into today. So without further ado, let's just get into it. Today, we're going to talk about thought experiments. So what is a thought experiment? Well, the way that I think about it is that mental models and thought experiments are effectively the same thing. They're equivalent. They are a way to think about an idea. And in doing so, that process helps us understand it better, helps us understand some sort of principle or process or something in the world that may or may not have actually happened, but simply framing it in a certain context allows us to use our brains to come up with better solutions in order to come up with better principles, ways of doing things. And this isn't just about investing. This is about life. If you can come up with a more efficient process for, I don't know, uh, your commute to work in the morning and you figure out how to um, optimize that in some fashion, that's going to have a material positive impact on your life similar to uh, you and my portfolios. If we have optimal tax strategy based on certain mental models of how we think about asset location um, and things like that, that's going to have an impact upon our investing life. So, But from a very broad sense, a mental model and a thought experiment are one and the same. They're a way to think about an idea. They are tools for our brain to think more effectively and efficiently. So as human beings who cannot stop processing and acting on information, we all naturally use thought experiments in some form. 
So first, let's think back to when you and I were babies. We were just little people on this planet who didn't know a thing. And although we were rapidly learning about the world around us, we didn't really know that much. And if you think about a baby, he or she only knows the physical world immediately surrounding them and they explore it with great intentionality. So if you've ever played peekaboo with a baby or, you know, some sort of toy that you've shown them and then their face lights up and then you hide it behind your back and then they look around like, what, where'd it go? Like the baby doesn't understand that it's behind your back. They don't have that level of perception yet. It's what you see is what you get. And so that's kind of this first level of understanding of the human existence. Really, it's this physical world that you and I live and breathe in. It's the floor that we're standing on. It's the breath that we breathe, the air that we breathe, um, the sounds that we hear. These are all tactile and easily understandable things that we have known about since we were babies. Now, as we progress as human beings, we become adults, right? And we still explore the physical. We learn how to crawl. We learn how to walk. We learn how to run. We learn how to drive cars. We learn how to do all sorts of physical things. But then we move beyond that too. We move into the realm of the abstract in our mind. We learn to explore the intellectual things of the world. And it's really this combination of our physical experience informing us and providing us data for how to think that allows us to think even bigger thoughts and even more intriguing thoughts. The more facts that we learn from real world experiences, the more complex and nuanced our ideas can be. And that in turn improves our mental state. And we can come up with more thought experiments to kind of philosophize and come up with different solutions. So one way that I think about this is that everything in this world, everything man-made has in essence been created two times. The first is in our imagination and then the second is in our reality. Everything that you see around you made by human beings was first conceived in someone's mind. And to me, that's really profound because it tells us just how powerful the mind truly is and we can really manifest things into existence and even not even just manifesting something in some sort of like spiritual way but just thinking about ideas and mulling problems over in our brain in order to come up with different approaches different ways to do things so everything really starts with an idea we can use the realm of our mind to not only describe what we physically observe, but also to create and predict different things. And so thought experiments, they may or may not be able to actually be carried out in the physical world. But the point of a thought experiment is to mull over the implications of a certain scenario. And simply in this act of mulling things over, of turning thoughts over in our head, we can come up with better solutions to things. So there are several different types of thought experiments, and I won't go into them all, but they all come around the idea of reasoning about cause versus effect from a given set of conditions. So for example, over a certain time frame. So for example, we can predict something. So we can say, if X happens, then Y is going to happen. 
in a certain time period, and then we can theorize as to the reasons that might happen. Um, inversely, we might say that if Y is going to happen in the future, then X must be causing it in the here and now. And so we can kind of backtrack and think about things with that mental model of inversion that we've talked about in the past episode. We can also backtrack and look at things in history and say, well, the present is like this. What caused it? What were the causes? Um, you know, for example, in a very general sense, we talked about AT&T last week, the current system of the internet and of phone communications stems from that initial first invention by Alexander Graham Bell back in the 1800s. That first phone call that he made at the turn of the 19th century, the entire telecommunications network in the world stems from that single, single experiment, single prototype developed by Bell and Watson. And of course, there are many other developments leading up to the network we have today, but it can all be traced back to that seed. So that's just an example of thinking about things as far as time frame, as far as cause and effect, and how one thing may affect another. And it's not just in a linear way, too. There are many different causes causing many different effects. And frankly, the whole world is one big interconnected mess. <laughs> and if you kind of think about it that way, we can isolate specific instances or problems and try to understand at least what the key drivers are. What are the key variables that actually matter? And this is something that engineers do all the time. For example, if there is a machine or something or a component that serves a certain function, there might be a number of variables that within its design um, are responsible for its performance. But when you really dig down into the fundamentals, there are probably maybe two or three features or fundamental design concepts that constitute the design that really make the most difference. Um, the other things are just, you know, icing on the cake, so to speak. So just this level of kind of systems thinking and breaking things down to their parts and mulling ideas over and ahead, that in a very broad sense is what a thought experiment is. All right, let's get into something a little bit more specific. So there are so many thought experiments out there, but I just went ahead and chose one. Um, this one dates back to the year 1850 from an essay from French economist Frederic Bastiat. And he wrote something that was known as the parable of the broken window, um, a.k.a. the broken window fallacy. And it goes like this. So the story is that a shopkeeper gets his window broken by a neighborhood kid. Now, obviously, this is upsetting. You know, the window no longer serves its purpose. It's broken. And so the shopkeeper has to pay a professional glazier to fix the window. Now, what are the economic consequences of this? One is that the shopkeeper could have used this money for something else, and he's not using it anymore. He's paying the glazier. Another is that the economy is stimulated because of this extra consumption. The shopkeeper is buying this product of a brand new window and the services of the glazier. Um, and in doing so, he's stimulating the economy, even though technically something was destroyed. Right. So just because something is destroyed doesn't mean it doesn't have positive economic consequences. So you kind of have this paradox going on. 
So, for example, the GDP of a country or the gross domestic product it measures the values of goods and services, but it doesn't account for capital destruction. So, this is just a simple mental model, a simple thought experiment, a way of thinking about things to make us ponder it and think about how that might relate to something else that we can observe or think about. So, if somebody burns down the entirety of the city of Chicago for a second time in its history, um, think that would be a terrible thing, right? But at the same time, it would probably stimulate massive amounts of economic activity because you have people coming in to build new buildings. There would be city planners, architects. The entire infrastructure of the city would have to be redone. And there would be so many people needed to do work. And so that activity would generate a lot of GDP in, in theory. And so we could think about this from an investment perspective. Like what if an asteroid did come down from space and obliterate the city of Chicago? I really hope this doesn't happen. But in this scenario, what if it did? And how would that affect our investment strategy? Would we invest in utility companies that maybe get beaten down by the temporary setback that we know are necessary for living within this urban center? So they're going to have to bring service to the people one way or another and remain solvent. Are we going to invest in material companies that provide salt for the roads because the weather is going to be really bad in Chicago and it's going to be especially bad if, if there aren't good roads in the wake of this asteroid. And I could just go on and on, but you can see how uh, a basic principle of how something works in theory might apply to a real situation. And then from that, we can debate it and come up with some sort of conclusion that'll help us make a good decision. But it's just a way to think about something, really. So the point is to ponder the question, if acts of destruction are good for the economy or not, right? And thought experiments, they're often rhetorical, but they get us thinking from a different frame of mind. Let's talk about another scenario in investing. One idea that I just kind of randomly thought of was this question. What industries would see massive increases in profitability if the global population happened to triple in five years? So just imagine that for every person, you and me, that there were two more of us within five years time and the Earth's population just magically tripled. What would happen? What kinds of industries would benefit? What kinds of companies or industries would stifle or suffer because of that? And I spent some time thinking about this. And on the one side, there are some obvious things that um, would happen. I think that people as a unit or people considered as part of a household, we all compete for Earth's natural resources to survive. Like that's just the reality of life. That's the reality of the universe as we know it, right? So what are the scarce resources that we already compete for? Well, we have land, we have real estate, right? That's one thing. So if the Earth's population tripled, we would all be competing to occupy physical space. Now, maybe that's alleviated by 
space tourism or colonizing other planets or things like that that are probably on the horizon soon. But land is still very precious and we value that as human beings. So I think that REITs or real estate investment trusts, these are companies that trade like stocks and they invest in land and and buildings and things like that. Um, So they might uh, succeed, especially the ones that invest in rural areas because in the urban centers, those are already crowded (laughs) in today's world. So because of that supply demand imbalance, I would expect a lot of people to want to move further and further out from cities as they have done um, in the massive growth of suburban America in the past century or so. Um, So REITs investing in rural areas, they might benefit massively if the population tripled. Another thing is food companies, food distributors, packaged food companies. um, People have to eat, right? No matter what, even if it's uh, food from a farm food from grocery stores or food from restaurants, people need to eat. And so I believe that as a whole, that industry would benefit. And then of course there's energy. The energy industry would naturally boom. Human beings consume energy all the time. Even at such a basic level, we need running water. We need food. We need basic medical services. We need electricity um, to perform tasks at night. Um, These are just basic things that I think sometimes in um, America or other developed countries we forget about. These are just basic things that human beings, we value very highly. And so uh, if the population tripled, then yeah, we would need a lot more of electricity going around. Now, I want to flip this on its head because here's one of the reasons thought experiments are so valuable. We have to look at other sides of situations, too. So then I sat there and I was thinking about this and I was thinking, okay, what would suffer? What industries or companies would suffer if population exploded in a short period of time? And I had trouble coming up with an answer because the capitalist system that we have in America is all bent upon consumption. And if you have more people, you have more consumption, right? But that led me down the line of thinking that said, okay, well, where would I ever have a situation where more people leads to less consumption? What what would change? What dynamics would change? And the only good answer I could think about in the moment was potentially the auto industry. If you drive on the highway or you drive a car yourself, um, you may notice that a lot of people... In America, I'm speaking from my personal experience, a lot of people drive cars that have a capacity for two, three, four people, yet they're the only person in the car. And I think that trend would largely vanish if the population tripled drastically within a couple of years time, because the infrastructure used to move people around would not be able to catch up as quickly to the capacity of vehicles on the road. And so I think more people would be carpooling. People would be buying new cars and used cars less and less because of economic considerations. So I'm just trying to put my economist hat on and think about it from that mindset. Like, okay, I don't think people would buy 
cars as much, and so the auto industry might suffer. Public transportation would become a more favored use of resources and transportation. So, um, so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. But all in all, that's just another example to think about it from an investing perspective. A thought experiment, again, is just a way to think about things. It's just a mental model. How does scale of population affect the consumption of resources? That's basically the question that I asked. And thinking about that philosophically leads me to believe that certain industries are going to perform better with population growth rates on the rise and some will perform worse. And then we can take that raw idea and then break it down into real world situations to try to make applicable investing decisions. And to me, that's really the secret sauce, right? When we combine the theory of a mental model into practice of a real world situation where we have a decision in front of us to make and we're trying to do the best thing. Um, So all in all, that is what a mental model is. That's what a thought experiment is. And there are so many examples of these. If you search online, just search thought experiments. And um, they're particularly prominent in the fields of science and economics and math. Um, But they can be applicable to other fields too. Uh, So yeah, I encourage you to explore some of those and just remember that um, that marriage of theory and practice, that's kind of what makes, uh, makes good decisions happen, in my view. And thought experiments and mental models are the way to do that. So with that, that's the end of this episode. And I'm looking forward to sharing a lot more mental models with you in the future, maybe some more specific ones. And of course, going to keep going with that S&P 500 stock series. We've covered a lot of companies so far and going to keep going. So again, thanks for listening. Um, My name is Alex. And if you want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a quick email. It's alex at stockstoriespodcast.com. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. Stories is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. You and you alone are responsible for your investment and financial decisions. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, or financial advisor that can analyze your specific situation in the context of your goals and circumstances.